0: I thought this would be a good place, a good bit to start with this uh, charity slot that everybody liked. So we turned right up Greek Street, didn't we? And uh, the Gay Hussar at number two, which opened in 1953. And it was a restaurant that became known as the haunt of left-wing politicians, such as Tony Benn, Roy Hattersley, Michael Foote. Tom Dryberg, who apparently was a bit of a cottager, I'm adding that. He's a left-wing politician. He was a bit of a cottager. He's supposed to have some you kind that, of or... no, no, because I came across him before because he was um, supposed to have some some kind of run-in with Aleister Crowley or something, but uh, I can't remember all the details. As well as Eisenhower and the Queen of Siam used to go there. Uh its golden age was the late sixties when Dryberg, a suspected Soviet spy, tried to persuade Mick Jagger and his girlfriend Marianne Marianne Marsbar Faithful to help target young people for Labour. But um Mick Jagger was having none of it. And uh the encounter came to nothing. Jagger's always been about the money anyway, hasn't he? He's always been about Sorry. the money jagger he 's never really been a hippie old jagger i didn 't think so
1: it's funny I thought I thought you were going to thought you said um, left wingers have always been about money because today i i saw this i saw this um this article about jeremy corbyn 's family home that he always referred to as a old farmhouse well it was ivy manor I think it was called this mansion that belonged to or something or others part of his estate. So anyway next wingers are always pull the ladder up
0: after themselves. Uh, they do say that yeah like well, these revolutions get so far and then as soon as the uh, middle class have got their toilet roll and bread it's like oh no that's enough now. But, but also Right-wing people do do claim that as well, that they're ultimately, they're, the left are the most materialistic, you know, with they're trying to, I mean, I'm an atheist myself, but, you know, if they're trying to, like, get rid of God and all this sort of business and uh, just focusing on the purely material, whereas the right tend to have a strong sort of religious, you know, kind of bent. Uh, yeah. Here we are. Simon's coming. Anything to add to what I said uh, just then? But me, yeah, or Richard.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's um, uh, I mean, I used to think of myself as a left winger. Not that I, I mean, I had friends who were not. But I hate, I just hate the left of the passion so much. There's been so many of them around me in the last few years, and they all hate each other. I find that the most funny thing: the anarchists, the different communist groups, the Momentum Labour, the Blairite. Progressive Labour, lot. They all hate each other. <laughs> they, they hate each other, and they all, always try and they're always lecturing me. And I just want, I just yeah. want nothing to do with them. Simon,
0: to you. hello. Yep,
1: can hear. Hello,
0: we, um, Hi. Can you see us all? Yes, I can. Anyway, so the gangs all here. We were just talking about um, the gay hussar. We've done that. And now we're gonna uh think gonna...
2: historic happen the fields done or you don't know.
0: I was just telling you about how Tom Dryberg tried to who was a suspected Soviet spy, tried to persuade Mick Jagger.
2: Well to... that failed. So... Yeah, that failed,
0: so, yeah. Any successful ones. He doesn't say. So next door was that the house of Saint Barnabas. Which, on the side of, was everybody's favourite thing, the
3: uh... penny slot, the,
2: the penny, penny slot. tube.
0: Yeah. So
1: let's. Okay, I love that.
0: Yeah. So we're in Soho Square now. We've gone up to Soho Square. And a bit uh... of
1: piss, piss down there, and they must have done. <laughs>
3: I want, to, I want to know I want to know what's on the other side I want to go to go inside and see where the money comes out.
0: You, how are you going to do that? Knock on the
3: door so come to inspect your tubes
0: <laughs> Well you're going to need to have some kind of a uh, card to flash you know yeah tube inspector <laughs> So the house of Saint Barnabas is for women that have got you know astray. They're poor, yeah, and it still does that to this day. Three of its rooms can be hired for events, blah blah blah. then um, he talks about the skirts, and then uh, okay, so then we're in so oh yes, now we go on to Soho Square and uh, we f- look out for the unique penny chute attached to railings alongside the house of St. Barnabas. That has been used to receive charitable donations for over one hundred years.
1: So, so this was um, what unmarried mothers, for example. My grandmother was born in a unmarried mother's house in Chelsea, which is still there. The the administrative building is still there, opposite the town hall, with some sort of bar on. But it's 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 all very quite slightly innuendo what it, it it's for. Well, I think quite a few of these things years ago, sort of turn of the century and earlier.
0: Well, this is what we found out on the A, a to your point about Chelsea, there's a Chelsea walk, so that might come up.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, B, back in the day, they didn't have charity. There was a thing called philanthropy, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, you had philanthropists. I'd like to know
3: what the biggest donation that's ever been shoved down that tube.
0: <laughs> you sound very authoritative is that what you're going to say to them when they let you in on, on your checklist you need a clipboard you will need a clipboard and a, and something to f- hang around your neck to flash you know
3: i'd like, you to, like to like i'd like to roll like a, a few like gold ingots down there
0: well you need to get oh. a couple first don't you yeah so that's your first mission is to uh get that so soho square why did everybody love this one this particular um... simon for instance this is your favorite of the whole tour why uh
3: well it's you know it's up there i i think it's because one of the re- the main reasons is that i i had absolutely no knowledge of that it's completely new to me and it's just a, it's just a funny little thing that uh yeah i, I had no idea it was there so it's like Mm. I found it quite fascinating.
0: Yeah, when you've been running around London for as long as we have. Yeah, it's like something new that you've never seen. Mm. Richard, you had no idea of it either, did you? And you've been here, th- you've been in London the longest.
2: Yeah. I've been to that corner and lots of times and things have happened on that corner and I never knew that thing existed
0: there. <laughs> what do you mean things have happened? What are you talking about?
2: <laughs> uh, like, on that corner by that sign I introduced Laurie Love to in Westwood
0: You introduced who?
2: Laurie Love
0: Who's Laurie Love?
2: The person that was accused of Hacking The Pentagon The Federal Reserve and the White House oh. okay. well, yeah.
0: What's happened to uh, that one? He got off He got off this is when Richard was hanging around with Class War, Daniel. Oh God. Imagining that, imagining that somehow hanging around with Class War, Class or, Class War would make <coughs> him would make him rich.
1: Well, um, what's the face? The woman, the main woman in Class War, married or with with um, Ian Bone's partner. I mean, she owns a nice big house.
0: Yeah, they're, they're all fakes.
1: fakes. All really nice houses. They're fake. They're fake as fuck. They asked me to join, funny enough, and I said, "Well, I thought you I thought you're an anarchist
0: group. You didn't have to join." That's a bit um, of a um, of okay, so Soho square uh, it's was laid out in the 1680s, and Charles II. Statue in the middle of the square dates from 1681. Blah blah blah. And then, uh, so oh, here we go. Time to change the picture. He's making all the rumbling noises? I think it's Simon. I'm not yeah. making any noise at all. Oh, it must be Daniel's fan. But oh, we can't
1: I turn it off.
0: No, not if you're going to sweat it out, not if you're going to be in horrible pain.
1: Well, he's quite quiet. Should I turn it off and see if it makes a difference?
0: Yeah, Mate, thank you.
1: Right
0: off. Ah, that's made a huge difference.
1: Oh, has it? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: So, you know, if you get too hot, Daniel, you know what to do, don't you? <laughs> <It's not very. laughs> so, here we are at McCartney Penis Linda uh, Productions.
1: Nice bit of wood. Is it, is it? Do you think
0: it's the original wood from back in the day? No, I think it's a little pastiche. Really? When did he build it? That was from the McCarty first. Came, he came to the square in the 1970s when he was in Wings. Only the band The Beatles could have been. Uh, the, the, nobody, I keep saying that joke, but nobody... You know, that's a pure partridge.
3: It's a shit joke, that's why.
0: It's partridge. It's partridge. Uh, the basement contains an exact an exact replica of EMI Studio Number 2, the legendary venue at EMI's Abbey Road Studios where the Beatles recorded. Um, and also, it, it's, this is the same place where he installed uh, William Burroughs and Anthony Balk to uh, make the cut-up movies, uh, so uh, famed for beatnikism and stuff like that. So, are they
3: the classic ones the, the with the Brian Geeson
0: yes right. yeah not yeah they weren't filmed there but they were all cut and edited edited there and yeah oh, and right. the, okay. yeah <clears throat> so there's that um, and I I love this you know that underneath the square are a number of secret underground tunnels and shelters that were last used to protect Londoners during the Blitz, and we were saying that they should bloody uh, open those up. Yeah, can make a lot of money, you know.
1: You know what they were originally built for?
0: Yes, as I just said to protect Londoners during the Blitz.
1: Oh, it was it was just for the Second World War.
0: Yes, so, according yeah, to okay. this guy, it doesn't
3: say how many. It doesn't say how many there are.
0: No, it just says a number
3: interesting I'd like to know
0: yeah yes well if this podcast gets popular maybe we'll be able to arrange of the council to go down there yeah somehow I mean I wonder where you enter them from I, I, I mean I haven't seen
3: someone must know there must be someone who knows
0: yes yeah, someone must know someone you could open a new Blitz Club down there, couldn't you, Richard? Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> it would be. And then we went to that ch- time to change the picture. French Protestant church. The Huguenots. The Huguenots. Yes. But that's the French Protestant church. There was a marriage happening when we went there. It was completed in 1893 and um, the architect was Sir Aston Webb he's best known for the Victoria and Albert Museum in the 19th century London had around 30 French Huguenot churches the primary ones in Fred Needle Street however the church in Fred uh, sorry however the French congregation was already dwindling by 1841 when the church in Fred Needle Street was demolished to make way for the Royal Exchange only three Huguenot churches remained. Um, blah blah blah. The Huguenot. The Huguenot influence on Soho, after decades of assimilation, has largely disappeared. However, this church is a rare legacy, and services are still conducted in French. So there you go. And then we moved on to. Um, just wait a minute. Sorry. What? What? The Huguenots.
2: Who were they? Weavers, the crying weavers, or something.
0: Yeah, who were the Huguenots? Anybody know?
3: They were French, yeah. They were French, like uh, fa- uh, weavers, I think.
0: But religious as well. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but they were very religious as well. I think we come to why they got why they were being persecuted in France and had to come come here a little bit later. So let's hold on for that. and Then we went to Mary Seacole, who was the rival, the the black lady that was a rival from uh, Jamaica. That was pap the nurse. That was probably the rival of um, of uh, Florence Nightingale. And this is the first bit in this tour where you th- suddenly you feel a bit askance at the writer, you know, because. Why would you call her, you know, rivals? You're trying to start something, aren't you? You're trying to start trouble. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's exactly what they're doing. He's doing. I can't remember. Somebody said it might have been um, Simon that they would not have even known each other or rubbed shoulders with each other.
3: Yeah, but he's inventing this, like, false narrative, whether they were, like, like, yeah, they were after each other's prizes.
1: Yeah. It's horrible, actually. It just—it's just division, and I don't—I don't think he'd even say that if she wasn't black. It's was, just it this—you know—trying to cause this bloody division.
0: He says it's a pity her work has not been more widely recognised, and yet she's in the book. She's got a blue plaque. I mean, okay, she's not yeah. on—you know—she's not on a bloody pound note or whatnot. But
1: I don't know. I'm not a T- I thought of Mary Seacole. I didn't know. Didn't quite know. She, uh, something do I think I sort of vaguely some sort of nursing or something in the Victorian times. It was it was no more than that, something very vague, but well, I've definitely heard of her name, and her name's really well known.
0: I had as well, to be honest. I had heard something on women's hour once when I listened to that. Um but anyway, she she lived to a ripe old age, uh, I guess for the times, 1805 to 1881. So that's not bad. That's not a bad in, innings. Uh then we went to St. Patrick's Church. I don't know if I've got any. Let's have a look if I've got photos of that. And we went inside there, didn't we? I haven't been inside a church in fucking years, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think Daniel and Bonnie insisted we go in. Yeah. Any comments about it, Daniel? A
1: very um statue of Christ looking, uh, you know, like Kenneth Williams. He's just very, very limp.
0: <laughs> well, that's because he's just been fucking like, take, well, well, dragged down from the cross or something, isn't it? Or you'd look a bit limp if you'd been hanging on a cross for, I mean, Very <laughs> You'd look very effete if you'd been hanging on a cross for um, forever. But they had different forms of crucifixes back in the day. Some of them were like X-shaped, weren't they? Some of them were X-shaped and...
1: Um, this this um, this little statue was very um, somebody's idea, well, not my idea of erotic. But you can see it's, it's like this beautiful young man,
0: very. Uh, I quite liked the quietness inside the church. I, I I haven't. There's a special kind of quietness, isn't there, inside of these churches? You know, apart from in the basement where the children scream <laughs> <laughs> I, agree, I agree with
1: you i i mean i'm i'm uh you know sort of atheist agnostic i'm i i do not think of don't, i just don't think of god or anything i'm like because i'm just don't you know i don't believe it but you know it's um, no but
3: i love the, i love the uh, yeah i love the uh, i love going into churches i don't think it doesn't matter whether you're religious or not it's just like uh you know if you're going into one of those spaces just because it's been set aside for you know higher thinking i think it doesn't matter whether you're religious or not just it's good to go in there
1: i agree i agree and i i, I went into the church near where my mother lives um in the sticks Beautiful, yep. thing and i a wonderful feeling of peace um, yeah have you, been, you know that poem by uh, philip larkin church going no, I need to look it up. I, like, I quite like Larkin, but I don't know much about him. Oh, that, that's a really good one because it's, it's, it's exactly his, his take on it. He, like, he's,
3: not, he's not religious at all, but he goes there anyway just to sort of soak in the ambience.
1: It's very true. It, it's um, particularly living in London and, you know, it's pretty, I find it a very stressful city. Increasingly stressful as I get older. Um, Last
0: time I went into a church <clears throat> was on a a Sunday morning at about ten o'clock. I was trying to find somewhere quiet to sort of come down off of this ketamine. But <laughs> it was full of it was full of. Uh, religious types doing their Sunday morning service, and I couldn't, I couldn't yeah, barely yeah, bear it for about you're probably, 10 minutes.
3: You're probably, you're probably in a similar kind of frame of mind as they were, you know, it's, it's a similar sort of thing.
1: How were your legs? Could you feel them?
0: I had to run out, I, could, I couldn't I deal, deal with it. They looked so pleased to see me, and I felt so bad when I, when I just was had to run, because I was like, no, not today. Not today's news I,
3: I think I think. I think like really religious people like they, they 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 get a kick out of it. It's like a drug for them going to church.
0: Oh sure, sure. Yeah, I, I yeah I believe that. I believe that. Especially the ones where they swing all the incense around. You know.
3: Yeah.
0: I remember that thing that we went to uh, you and I, Simon, at the IMT Gallery where they were doing incense. And when, when you were in the room, you were high as a. You kind of were high off the incense. But as soon as you walked out of the room into the fresh air, it kind of went.
3: Was that the thing with the boiled eggs? Were they boiling eggs? Yeah, I think so, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Okay, so anyway, (laughs) that was that. We've done that. Ah, now this is interesting though, wasn't it? The the church stands on the site of Carlisle House, where in the 1760s the flamboyant Venetian opera singer and courtesan Theresa Connolly's hosted extravagant masked balls and other entertainments that became the, like, you know, Eyes Wide Shut, that became the highlights of London's social calendar. Her occasional lover, Casanova, also visited her during his brief stay in London. And um, somebody was saying that Donald Sutherland, of all people, had played Casanova.
3: Yeah, I haven't seen that, but it'd be interesting to see that.
0: <coughs> I'm still here, so talk about I'm just trying to make some more light, so talk amongst yourselves for a moment.
3: Has anyone seen that film with Donald Sutherland as Casanova?
0: Yeah, Fellini I know, film. I
2: know, isn't it? Huh? I think it's a Fellini film.
3: Oh right. No, yeah, I, I haven't seen it.
2: With Nina
3: Rota wrote the music. Who wrote Nina Nino Rota.
2: Nino Rota. Nino Rota.
3: I think there's a there's a black and white Casanova film I had that I saw like ages ago. But I haven't seen the Donald Sutherland one.
1: Donald definitely passed me by, both of them. I've seen have yeah, you
3: seen Don't Look Now with Donald
1: Sutherland? Yeah, Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. What's it off long ago,
0: actually?
3: It's by the same guy that did uh, Performance. Have you seen Performance? Yeah. He also did that film, uh, Walkabout. Have you seen that Walkabout? With,
0: um, Jenny um, Jenny, Jordan, Jenny Agassi, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And he, did, uh, he also did the, the Man Who Fell to Earth, as well. Nick Rogue? Yeah.
0: He, he made a Casanova film?
3: No, we're talking about Donald Donald Sutherland is in Don't Look Now, which is also, also by Nick Rogue. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, you're about
3: twice
2: as loud
0: as everyone else. That's better uh, for you, Richie. Yeah. okay is that better for everybody else can you all hear me i can hear you fine okay so um but what apart from being a big you know swordsman of the you know downstairs variety what what exciting happened in casanova's life what what did it do what, what happened in the film i don't know i i, I can't remember
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> No, the music carried the film.
0: All right, okay, well, let we move on then. Um, <clears throat> next we found ourselves at number eighteen, Greek Street, which was the uh, can anybody remember <laughs> okay, so the the establishment, establishment. Um, Karl Marx. Richard got it right. the establishment. well done, Richard. Uh, yeah, yeah. very well done, very well done. okay so this was the establishment club it was at the center of the satirical comedy movement that became influential in the early 60s ironically titled the club was always controversial given its founder peter cook's desire to create something and he quotes where we could be more outrageous than we could be on stage dudley you fucking (laughs) can't i added that Uh, because of Derek and clive obviously uh (laughs) in 9 19... in <laughs> Ricky like that one in 1963 the home secretary banned american comedian lenny bruce from performing at the club because he used the f word you know he was a, one of the first you know um you know, I'm going to F and blind and and say the N-word and everything. You know, he didn't care. He didn't care.
1: So he was he was banned from coming into Britain, the same thought?
0: He was banned from performing at the club. Okay. And I mean, he was banned all over America as well. He was he had a terrible, he, he had a not, I don't know, say stratospheric rise to the top, but he became very big, and then as soon as he was big he got smashed, you know, for using the F word and the N word and stuff like this, you know. I mean, he was, you know, he was a left winger of the time, you know, but um, one of the old school left wingers, you know what I mean? So, but... uh,
1: There was absolutely no group was um, free from his uh, acerbic wit. Yes, of course. Which which is good, isn't it? Yeah, of course. When, when When there's a hierarchy and you... Can target that group but you can't On I'd just rather it all equally across the board I think oh, well, Joan Rivers was a big fan wasn't she uh, oh, yeah she
0: must have been I mean now they tried to say in comedy oh no punching down no punching down but this is ridiculous comedy should punch everywhere and anywhere because to you he might if he you know if he's punching down a, a say a um, I don't know a, a, a bank robber to you that might be punching down depending on your position but there might be somebody even poorer than that bank robber who's thinking well i never robbed a bank so in fact that's punching up you know what i mean so it's always kind of like you can't oh you can't punch down you know and all of this it's bollocks yeah yeah no, i go along with that um but anyway despite lenny bruce not doing very well the club did host performers such as barry humphreys <laughs> AKA Dame Edna Everett, who my dad despised. Oh genius. Try telling genius. that to my dad. He he hated her more than he hated Kenny Everett. And that's saying something, you know. <laughs> I've
3: got a I've got a record, I've got a record, and it's uh recorded live at the establishment. It's uh Frankie Howard.
0: You were saying
3: Yeah, because that. it's like Peter Cook like rediscovered Frankie Howard was kind of like it's oh, right. fallen out of favour really in the in the entertainment world but Peter Cook put him back on at the establishment and he, be, he had like a new lease of life as like a sort of cult figure.
0: Is this a vinyl record? Yeah. Does he say Titter Ye Not? It, <laughs>
3: it's, it's kind of got he's still got some of that left in his act but it's more, it's more sort of it's trying to be a bit more current.
0: My dad did like up Pompeii. That was Yeah, great. that's
3: that's great. I love it.
0: It was saucy, wasn't it? Well he
3: was like he was an early advocate of LSD therapy. Do you know that? Frankie Allen? Really? Yeah, he was like he was like he was suffered from really bad depression. He was one of the first people in England to be treated with LSD. Well, he said it worked. Yeah, he said it was really good. Cary Grant as well. He was like a real advocate for it.
0: Yeah, I'd heard of Cary Grant. Yeah, I'd heard. But, but yeah, Frankie Howard as well. Wow, oh, fascinating! Excellent. Um. So, um, ah, and in this same building, on the uh, in 1963, upstairs, Christine Keeler did the famous uh, naked on a naked backwards on a chair. Oh, yeah. yeah. Apparently she didn't want to do it, but they they pushed her to do it as a kind of um, because there was a film being made. Uh, producer of the film. But she was a dancer. She was naked backwards.
3: The chair was covering her tits.
0: That's oh. just Richard doing his uh, thing. <laughs> he likes to play the old man with the ear horn. You know. Um, Yeah, so that was photographed up there. She didn't want to do it, but having done it, it did make her, you know, very, very famous. Then we went to number 47 Greek Street, where the world-famous 18th-century Romancer, it calls him here, (laughs) Casanova. Um, He only lived from, um, take, what's 25? What's 98 minus 25? That's, uh, come on, guys. That's seven. That's seventy. Seventy-three. That's not too bad, is it? Seventy-three for a syphilitic kind of monster. Yeah. <laughs> um, he lived at Forty-seven Greek Street for several months in uh, in seventeen sixty-four. Usually associated with Venice rather than Soho, Cas- Casanova nevertheless immersed himself in London society. He, Casanova had previously fathered an illegitimate, an illegitimate child by who, the lady we heard of earlier Teresa Cornelli's, and he arrived in Soho after escorting another of Cornelli's children to London so that must have happened outside of London and I wouldn't have anyway whatever uh, and then Casanova left England following several brushes with the law what the, uh, having run up debts and he contracted venereal di- disease typical frog on the italian wow same difference all from over there brexit no sorry (laughs) (laughs) is this
1: a pro brexit group then we
0: are apolitical any we are free thinkers (laughs) anybody can come in any any well not anybody but you know
1: uh, you know what we forgot to do at the beginning? We haven't done our chosen pronouns at the beginning. We're supposed to declare them. Introduce ourselves in our...
0: I prefer concrete nouns. Concrete nouns crush <laughs> pronouns. Dog. Cat. Tree. Bear. <laughs> then we went to... Uh, Greek Street was also home to the literary critic Thomas De Quincey. He didn't live very long. Well, I don't know. Actually, no, 1785 to 1859. That's not too bad. For back, for back then. Whose book, Confessions of an English Opium Eater. Has, has anybody here taken pure opium? I have. It was amazing. I have. Yeah, I've had some. It was so fucking trippy. It was wonderful.
1: I'd like to try some. But I've never had pure
3: I was, I was just very. I found it very, just very, like very mellow. It's like smoking a real, like a uh,
0: hash or something. I was in a club and it just made the lasers just wonderful. I mean, maybe it just relaxed me enough to sort of see things a little bit in that Blakeian way. You know, if the doors of perception are cleansed, you know. Um, uh, he was the first to properly deal with the subject of drug addiction. In it, he describes arriving in Soho as a poor teenager and squatting at number 38, where he was shocked. He was a squatter, where he was shocked to discover a 10 year old girl living alone. He later befriended a young prostitute named Anne, who saved his life when he fell ser- seriously ill. Um, one day in Soho's Golden Square, which we get to later, he said goodbye to Anne before leaving on a short trip out of London returning to find that she had disappeared. Despite his desperate searches, he never found her again. It's Casanova. No, that's Thomas De Quincey, who also wrote Suspiria de Profundis, which um, Dario Argento's classic horror movie, Suspiria, is very, very, very loosely based on.
1: Last film that John Bennett made.
0: Suspiria? Hmm. And what did she play in
1: it? She played the headmistress, the almost witchy-looking character.
0: Okay, and what else would I know Joan Bennett from? Um,
1: she was concert Bennett's sister. She was in loads of Hollywood films. She's in... Um, um, oh, that thing with Elizabeth Taylor and Spencer Tracy. Um, about the, the family and Elizabeth Taylor's a bride. Lo- loads of big Hollywood films. Oh, she did all those... Um, Secret behind the door. She was in that with Michael Redgrave. It's quite not bad, actually. Um, I forget the name of the director. Really famous director. She she did a whole load of films with him in the forties. Um, of uh, supernaturally weirdy things. So
0: Secret she did. The door good. She did a lot of sort of uh, horrory stuff.
1: Not really. I mean, she was a, a mainstream, big Hollywood film star, sort of 30s, 40s. I, th- I think her first Hollywood films were in the late 20s. I think she even got in the end of the silent period. But she was she was really big. I mean, she was one of the really
0: big names that lasted a long time. Okay, cool. Um, I, now we go to the coach and horses, but I need to um, make some more light suddenly. So... Um, Talk about yourselves, coaching horses—not what it used to be. He says here in the bu- <laughs> in the book.
1: <clears throat> Has you ever been? Do
3: you know if i if I close this momentarily and return, will it be this?
1: Will it be? when I just come back as it is?
0: You should do yes.
1: Okay, I'm just going to try it now. Who did a coaching horses that was a gay pub for a while in the late eighties, Richard. All that I know of, no. So which was, the one, which was the pub that was just off Old Compton Street at the Cambridge uh, Circle I the, Inn, uh, the, the one with Garden. that, Dennis Nielsen. Um A load of ren boys. Golden Lion, Golden Golden, 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 Golden Lion? Golden Lion? The Golden
2: Lion. Uh, I don't think it was Golden Lion. Um,
1: maybe it was. It was, it, was, it was really funny. I'm back. Like, the Golden Lion, do you remember that? You're, you're, yeah, yeah, you're not that much younger than me, are you? I think yeah, the you're Golden, Golden Lion crazy, is... But you're, you're actually not
0: that young. <laughs> Golden I am, Lion. I am yeah. nearly 50. The Golden Lion is slightly before my time, I think.
1: It was, I've only got the tail end of it. I do remember it,
0: but is that where Dennis Nielsen used to go? Is it Richie? That's a bit of horrible yeah. That's a bit of horrible history, isn't it? Doesn't yeah, make it true. The- do
2: clearly on the tour and find out some more details about it. this. Is all Rentboy pub?
0: It was a Renboy pub? Wasn't it? But I'm. You know, this is a, supposed to be a semi-family-friendly tour. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> we're doing the horror tour of uh, you know um dennis nielsen what a monster he's still alive isn't
3: he no he's dead now is he yeah
0: well good riddance to be honest um i would have been one of his you know types
1: you know but you wouldn't have been to keep him company going back in
0: i don't i don't want to keep him company <laughs> <Fuck> off. <laughs> who's keeping me company you guys are tonight so well
2: well he killed company didn't he
0: yeah i know i know you what you're getting out of it so i know the jokes um so coaching horses it's one of those pubs it's full of um you know it became very you know its, it's whole thing is based off the 1950s isn't it with bacon etc all falling in and out of there, pissed out of their faces, you know.
1: Coaching Uh, Horses, the pub that has around the edge of the bar, the bit you can piss in, like a little trough built into the floor. Like it's a tiled floor, but there's a little um, screen bit, you know, so you can just piss at the bar. It's either Coaching Horses or the French House, and I'm pretty certain it's the Coaching Horses. Oh, the it's not the French house, I don't think. I think it must be the coach and horses, and if that ca- in that case is, uh he's missed that out of the book as well. Like a little, you know, like a little um, trough channel, trough. Like, but chan- it's like all the way around. There's like a, uh, a tile
0: uh, with a. Uh, what, at what height is the? It, is it on the floor? Or is it halfway up? You know,
1: No, it's on the floor. It's on the floor, so you can just stand there and piss. <laughs> I mean, that's what it I was, must. that's what it, I mean, that's what it, and it was, I, wanna, I, need, I need
3: to see this, I need to see this. So I, uh, that, I've never needed, I,
0: to every, every time I've been in a pub or a club, I have never needed a trough to allow me to just stand there and fucking piss, <laughs> I'll just do it wherever I fucking want. But
1: yeah, that, I mean, that's that, I mean, it's kind of what, where it would catch your piss if you did do that, because it is on the floor.
0: Well, I'll tell you what I'll do is I will fact check that when we finished. And then, if it's true, then I'll get the bit of text and I'll post it up at this point where we're talking, you know?
1: I'm pretty certain it has. It's, it's, it's um, obviously the interior of the pub is original from when it was built.
0: So there were gangsters that went in there, the craze, Billy Hill and Jack the Spot various Jewish, Maltese, and Albanian, mafiosi They controlled the clip joints, pornography shops, and brothels that made Soho the center of London's sex industry. Corrupt local policemen largely turned a blind uh, blind eye to what went on, encouraging a high degree of tolerance that inadvertently benefited London's homosexual (coughs) community and turned soho into an enclave of unorthodoxy within austere post-war britain um the most extreme elements of soho have been cleaned up since the 1970s haven't they richard yeah
1: there was a clean up soho thing going on back in the 80s and 90s i remember
0: well, Richard arrived okay. there in, uh, not to dox him, you know, that means give out your address, but, you know, you've been in Soho, Richard, since 1981. 81, yeah. And your rent hasn't gone up, has it?
2: Yeah, it has. Really? Yeah. No. The landlord has to go to the council's fast
0: mission to put it up. Um, Coaching Horses was the favourite place of Geoffrey Barnard, a uh, journalist, columnist. Vodka was his favourite tipple. Uh, he used to get so drunk that it often resulted in the Spectator magazine having to cancel his lowlife column with the excuse that Geoffrey Barnard is unwell. And there was later a play. Uh, There's a really
3: good documentary on. Um you can get on youtube about jeffrey bernard it's worth watching it he goes around all these places
0: okay i may have watched it because i did go through a period of being you know reading up on all that sort of 50s soho thing
3: yeah it's worth watching because there's a bit where he goes in one of the pubs and tom baker's in there he starts chatting with tom baker
0: well apparently tom baker was a regular in all these haunts
3: Well, yeah, because he used to work. They used to do, like, you know, like, voiceovers for adverts and stuff. They'd do it all in Soho. It was like, yeah, he'd he'd go and do some recording for, like, doing voiceovers for adverts, and then he'd go and uh, go to the colony rooms. Was
2: he a Huguenot?
3: No, John Pertwee was, though. John Pertwee was a Huguenot. He was a Huguenot.
0: Who's your favourite doctor?
3: Mine? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Tom Baker, probably.
0: Nah, it's got to be Hartnell, the first.
3: He hardly did any. He didn't do many.
0: Yeah, well, that's what makes him so classic, you know?
3: I couldn't watch those ones when I was a kid, though, because it was all black and white. I found it boring.
0: Mm, wow. Boring? I was <laughs> terrified.
3: What, the black and white ones? Yeah,
2: with William Hartnell.
3: Yeah, it's a bit too early for me. I remember my first one that I really kind of connected with was Tom Baker.
0: Troughton doesn't get enough love.
3: Yeah, well, that, and then again, you know, I didn't really see any full episodes of, of him. Mm.
0: There's all shit now, though. As soon as they got that Peter Davidson from All Creatures Great and Small, it was like, hi, I'm out. Oh, that was the, yeah. And then the guy <laughs> after him was even worse. The guy after him
3: was even worse, I think.
0: Yeah, it's just, yeah. But mind you, one of the young ones, the recent ones, he lives around here near me. We used to see him in Jimmy's. Yeah. Good-looking guy. Quite, you know, strapping lad. Anyway, then he goes on about Maison Berto. I don't really care about Maison Berto. And then we went down Romilly Street to Ketner's Restaurant, which...